The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. I'm Dan Lomano, back down recording this portion of the podcast from my parents' house, just outside of Chicago, Illinois. I'm on the road, folks, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by O'Brien Water Sports. For over 50 years, O'Brien has been creating products specifically for the ultimate and family fun on the water. Knowing your time at the lake is cherished, O'Brien's mission is to bring you the absolute most pleasure possible to make memories that last a lifetime. Quality, performance, and value are the pillars the O'Brien name has been famous for for now more than five decades. Check out O'Brien.com to see the entire 2017 lineup of product, dealers near you, team, blog, and more. Again, that's O'Brien.com, O-B-R-I-E-N. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to episode number 75. Holy smoke, 75 episodes already. 100, that's coming up real soon. Can't wait. Guys, today I've got an awesome guest. It is the current reigning and defending WWA Wakeboard World Champion, Corey Tunison. This is Corey's second time on the podcast. He was back on somewhere, I think, in the teens or in the 20s or something like that, but back a couple of years ago. The dude is absolutely incredible. He's on fire. I've announced a ton of contests where I've watched this guy go wake-to-wake 1080 in his run. We talk about it in this episode. Double flips, so much awesome stuff. Corey's a great rider and just a really, really cool dude, and I was stoked to have him back on the podcast. We recorded from his boat in his backyard in Orlando, Florida, so you may be able to hear some lawnmowers or some wind. Thanks again to Corey, guys, and uh, we'll get to that in just a few moments. But first, let me kind of break down what I've been doing over the last week. We had Feet on Fire. For any of you guys who are listening who made it out, Oh man, that was awesome. For those of you who missed it, get ready. We're going to have a video up pretty soon, a press release so you guys can relive all of the action. It was the first time that we've done Feet on Fire since I think 2010 in Orlando, Florida. We had an awesome lineup of athletes out there. Myself, Eric Ruck, uh, Hunter Hansen, Troy Roker, those are a couple of show skiers. Shane Bonifay was there. He wasn't quite ready to compete yet, but he helped us out. He drove the jet ski all day. We had Jeff Langley driving the boat. We changed the course up. We normally do figure eights, but we did it at the waterfront in Orlando. It's this new restaurant bar owned by some of the guys who own Step Up Productions. And uh, we had to change the, the pattern of the boat. We just did big old circles, a circle of fire. And it was rocking. Same old rules as before. No wetsuits, no barefoot suits, just a vest and a pair of shorts. 
J.D. Webb ended up winning, taking home his second ever Feet on Fire title, taking out the two-time Feet on Fire champion, Sean Watson. Zane Schwank was there. He got taken out in round number two by newcomer Pierce Homsey. Pierce ended up in top four along with Parks Bonifay and Sean Watson and J.D. Webb right there. Myself and Eric Ruck, we got pitted up against each other in round number two, my best friend Eric Ruck. He ended up taking me out. That was all right. I had to announce the rest of the day. All in all, it was an awesome event, and I'm stoked that Feet on Fire is back. You could tell the community missed it. We had hundreds of people up there watching the contest. The cool thing was we didn't even really advertise the event. I think we did maybe 48 hours of advertising, and so next year it's going to be a whole heck of a lot bigger. I'll let you listeners know because I'd love to see you guys out there. So the next morning after Feet on Fire, I got on a super early flight. I flew up to uh, Chicago, Illinois, my hometown, and uh, the weekend we had the Malibu Rider Experience stop number four for the season, the WWA's Northern Wakeboard Regional Championships. The event was really good. We were very, very lucky. It was not on a public lake. It was at the Rexplex in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. We've had the Nationals there and the Worlds there and the Pro Wakeboard Tour there. Guys, here's the thing. I don't know if you have heard, but there's been some major flooding up in the Midwest and Illinois and Wisconsin. So many of the lakes are closed. So many of the towns uh, have no power still. Super bummer on that end, but we were stoked that we still got to have an event, and it went great. Great riders from the northern region were on hand. We also finished off the Malibu Junior Pro Series, and in that series we saw Tyler Warall and... Luca Kidd take a second and third finish, and the overall champion was California State's Tyler Hyam, who ended up taking another win for the weekend. So three out of four stops Tyler won. Luca won one of those stops as well. Awesome event. This weekend, we're heading to Canada for the final stop of the Rider Experience Series, stop number five. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, you guys should check out all of my photos at the WWA.com or through the WWA's Facebook page. I'm always out there when I'm not on the microphone announcing, taking photos, and capturing any of the action that I can. All right, guys, spread the word. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Find the Golden Mike Podcast and listen on demand anytime, anywhere, whenever, online at noiseofthenorth.com, on SoundCloud, just about any Android podcast app, and of course, the Golden Mike Podcast is available on iTunes. Just search the Golden Mike Podcast, subscribe, then rate and review the show. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listeners, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck, Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, CWB Board Company, Lead Wake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot Wakeboards. Here's a few other ways you guys can support. Follow me on social media, on Instagram at Dano T. Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can also always reach me through email goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. And that is a perfect place for you guys to shoot me a message because, hey, maybe you want to purchase one of the all-new Golden Mike podcast dad hats that I have for sale. Every purchase, I'm going to send you guys some Golden Mike podcast buttons 
and stickers. Once again, email me, goldenmike at noiseinthenorth.com. I'll shoot you some photos if you haven't seen the hats yet. I could always use the support. Now let's move on to today's audio montage, which is from stop number four of the 2017 Malibu Boats Rider Experience and the WWA's Northern Wakeboard Regional Championships. And it's brought to you by Malibu Boats. Be sure to follow the entire Malibu Evolution Pro Series this summer, which kicked off just a few weeks back down in Tennessee with the Malibu Factory, Smoky Mountain Pro. We've got stops number two and three of the Evolution Pro Series going international once again this year. We're going to be in Vienna, Austria, September 1st through the 3rd for the Vienna Pro, which is going to include Pro Wake Surf Divisions. And then the series caps off in Shingha, Japan, for the Malibu Lake Biwa Pro, and it's the final stop of the 2017 WWA Wakeboard World Series as well. You guys can follow all the action and check out the entire line of Malibu Boats at MalibuBoats.com. Now enjoy this audio montage, and I'll be back with the current reigning and defending Pro Men's WWA World Wakeboard Champion, my guest, Corey Tunison, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey guys, Travis Robinson with Ronix Wakeboards, Midwest and Northeast sales rep. Stoked to be out here for my first Malibu Riders experience. It's great being back in my hometown of Wisconsin and supporting all the local people is awesome. Seeing all my regional riders and the level of riding has been absolutely awesome. Super stoked to support all these events and see the sport grow. I'm Amber Wing, back here in Pleasant Prairie for the Malibu Riders experience. It was a little bit windy for finals, but uh, all the junior pro men, they went out there and they threw down as hard as they could. We saw some big crashes, we saw some big tricks landed, so yeah, it's been a good weekend. Hi, my name is Kaden Kelly, I'm 12, I just won 10 to 13 beginners, and I'm super stoked. I'm Kyla Hendricks, I'm 12 years old from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I just won the girls 10 to 13 division, and I'm so stoked. I'm Kira Lewis, I'm 11 years old. I'm from Medford Lakes, New Jersey, and I competed in all three divisions, wakeboard, wake skate, and wake surf, and I just won women's wake skate and wake surf. I'm Grace Will from here at Wisconsin. I'm nine years old, and I just won the junior girls nine and under division. It's my first rider experience, and I had a blast. Thanks, Malibu. I'm Ryder Dillon, I'm nine years old, and I'm from Noblesville, Indiana. I just won the boys junior nine and under. Here at Rider Experience, it was rock and roll good times. I'm Mikey Conradi, 19 years old from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Just got my pro card here in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. The wake was great, great time. Hey, I'm Tom Pazarunas. I'm 30 years old from Chicago, Illinois. Just got first place at the Masters Division at the Malibu Rider Experience North. It was a great showing with all the uh, guys coming out to have a good time. Hi, my name is Noah Wildman. I'm super stoked to take the win today in junior men. Looking forward to the next one. Josh Wildman, I'm 40 years old and took first place in the veterans division um, from Morsai, Indiana. And just had a great time today with Malibu Boats and the event with WWA. It's a great time with the whole family. How's it going, guys? Parker Sigley here. Um, just finished up the day out here at Pleasant Prairie and we're out in the 24MXZ all day. I actually had the pleasure of driving it and yeah, the wake was huge all day, everyone loved it and yeah, it was also a great event and everyone killed it, so loved it. Hello, 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 this is Massey Pifferetti, a Malibu team rider. We're out here in Wisconsin for the Malibu Rider Experience. Everybody killed it and I'm just pumped to be here and be a part of this 
beautiful events and the crowd was awesome. Hey, I'm Brian Grubb, one of the Malibu uh, boats team riders out here helping out today at the rider experience. Uh, we had a great day on the water. Saw some great riding from the junior pro men. Those guys are riding really well. You know, all the kids did really well in these challenging conditions and you know, the wake was huge out there. So it was a great day on the water and uh, looking forward to the next one. Hey, what's up? Rap Rome here. We just finished a final here on Saturday. It's been a great weekend so far. We had the free ride Friday. Got to meet all the junior pro men this year. They're all killing it and uh, got to hang out with the kids here. And uh, it was a good weekend and tomorrow is going to be wake surfing. So uh, it'll be a good time. I'm going to show them how I can slash the wake. So this one's almost done, but I welcome you guys to come to my country, the beautiful Canada, next weekend in Peterborough, Ontario. For the final stop, of the Malibu Rider Experience. Be there. We just capped off the Malibu Rider Experience stop number four here in Wisconsin, the final stop in the USA. I'm with the team manager, event manager at Malibu Boats, Brian Thomas. I want to get your thoughts on this final event. Yeah, it was a great weekend out here in Pleasant Prairie with uh, the Munson crew. Great sight as always here. A little, little chilly yesterday, but perfect day today. Uh, it's awesome right on the water behind the new 24 MXZ. My name is Thomas Herman. I'm 14 years old from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I just took the win in the boys division at the WWA Riders Experience here in Wisconsin. All the boys were killing it out here and stoked to have this win in my last year in the boys, in the boys division. Hey guys, my name is Corbin Blatt and I'm from Conwalk, Wisconsin. I'm 29 years old. I just won the 2017 Malibu Riders Experience, the North Regional Championships here in the men's two division. Uh, we had some heated battles out there today, me and Kevin Hudson, and Ryan Thompson going at it. Such a blast. The MXC24 wake was huge, both in surf and in wakeboarding, and overall great contest. Had a blast. My name is Shane Blanton. I'm 27 years old. I just won the men's wake surf at the Malibu Riders Experience uh, Northern Region. It was a great experience. Uh, the MXZ24 was amazing. I ride at MXZ22 at home with Surfgate. Um, the wave was bigger than I have at home, so I had an amazing run. I fell on two tricks that I've never actually tried in a contest before, so it was probably one of my best runs in my contest. So everything worked out better than I ever hoped, so it was a blast. I'm standing here with the winner of stop number four of the Malibu Boats Rider Experience Junior Pro Series, who also ended up taking a win overall this weekend, Tyler Hyam. Yeah, it's been a pretty good season. You know, I just had a cover release last week. My edit just came out this week as well, and uh, stoked to take the win in stop one and stop two, and uh, it's been a fun season, and can't wait to focus on nationals and hopefully do well there. Hey, it's Corey Wilson here, the WWA Executive Director. We're out here at the North Stop of the Malibu Rider Experience. The last stop in the U.S. Couldn't have been better. Uh, saw lots of people, their first contest ever, uh, which is what this is all about. So you guys are interested in finding out more about the Malibu Rider Experience, head over to WWA.com slash Rider Experience. We've got one more left this season, and we'll have a new batch of stops all over the U.S. and Canada next season. Today's episode was recorded inside my guest Corey Tunison's boat down in Orlando, Florida. Also inside Corey's boat was a hefty amount of lead wake ballast. Lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind. Lead wake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom designed lead wake bags are easy to shift around your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill up excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy lead wake in multiple sizes, but I recommend the 50 pounders and so do some of the biggest names in wakeboarding. I saw a ton of them in Corey Tunison's boat, Danny Harf and Sean Murray, just to name a few more. 
Ledwig ships free anywhere inside the USA, and you can find out more and order online at leadwake.com. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. We finished off 2016 uh, with a win at the WWA Wakeboard World Championships. Now, you'd won Worlds as an amateur, you'd won Worlds as a junior pro, and then you came in, what, two or three seasons into riding pro, and you won the Worlds behind the boat. Talk about your win in, uh, in Ontario. That one, was, um, that one was special for me, man. That hit, that hit my heart pretty hard. Um, like you said, I've won, I've won amateurs and I won junior pro. And um, from the day that I won amateur Worlds, I told myself that I was going to win junior pro and I told myself I was going to win pro, man. Um, and I guess, like, it just kind of made me realize that hard work does pay off. Um, but the cool part about that was, um, the week before, I think we were in Korea, uh, for the Wakeboard World Series stop. Um, and I'm flying back, I'm walking through Orlando International Airport, and I just see my dad just, like, standing in the middle of the airport, and I had no idea he was even coming, like, um, he just, like, jumped on a plane and surprised me and not many people knew and yeah he was just standing in the middle of the airport so that was like a massive surprise as it was and we spent four days here at the house in Orlando um, and then flew out to Canada and managed to come on top as well so like the week leading up to the event was like already super special for me and um, yeah to, to come out on top on that event with my dad there not even knowing that he was going to be there um, and on top of taking the three world titles that yeah that one was super special how'd you end up on the wakeboard world series in um, 2016 yeah that dude that was such a crazy finish i could have i ended up fourth overall um but if i competed differently if i would have made finals um i would have finished second so it was like that just goes to show how tight the competition was last year and it's it's insanely tight this year and even tighter compared to last year so does that get you bent out of shape or does that just give you a reason to push harder in this it's, season it's competition man like you can't that's the greatest thing about competition you can't guarantee anything you can't guarantee that you're going to go out and do exactly what you want to do because that's competition and that's sport and that's wakeboarding it it never happens um so that's that's the beauty of it and i find that chase is what keeps me going you took a win in the first stop of the uh wakeboard world series this year you won moomba masters um absolutely insane you went wake to wake 1080 in your run. Uh, you also were the first rider to ever go wake to wake 1080 in a proper wakeboard run. Yes, it had been done wake to wake in a contest before, but you were the first guy to incorporate it into a pass with other tricks. How did that feel? Um, it was. I think it was. I was just going through the motions, man. It was. Moomba is such a crazy event. Uh, there's couple hundred well, let's rewind people. let's rewind actually let's rewind to the first time that you did it you did it at a pro wake tour right correct yeah uh that was in my rookie year um and it was the last stop or whatever and i think i ended up winning that event but um yeah it was like i don't know it's for me to be called like first person ever to land a 1080 in a contest pass or whatever like i don't i don't think of it like that like 
it's it's been done before. Um, and I the think, trick has been done before. Yeah, and it has been done in a contest before. It's been done in the best trick contest. It's right. been done in a double up contest. It's been it's been landed in a competition before. So when like when a lot of people come up, they I because I still get it today. I get people come up to me and like, oh, I still can't believe you're the first person to land or whatever. And I don't think of it like that, man. Moomba Masters 2017. You put a 1080, a proper 1080, in a proper pass. The Masters, I watched you do it as well. You put a 1080 in your pass. I don't think that there's any other rider, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, who has done it yet in a proper contest pass. I don't believe so, but that's also not saying that there's other riders that aren't capable. Well, of course they aren't capable, but, I mean, you are, as of right now, you are the only guy pretty much ballsy enough to go out there <laughs> and because i've i've seen you go for it and fall mm. in a i mean it's just like somebody who would be throwing a nine it's just that's where the 10 goes in your run yeah and it's like i i don't know i think i can kind of just fall back on the fact that i've been doing like i first landed that trick when i think i was like 15 so like i've realistically been doing it for four years now and that's that's a long time to be doing a trick. And yes, it is an extremely hard trick. But I think I've just got the time behind me and the amount of times that I've done that trick. That as soon as I take off the wake, like it's either yes or no. Right. And if it's a yes, then 80, 90 percent of the time, I feel pretty good on it. I mean, there was a time when, if anybody did a toe nine hundred, okay, there was a time I remember Where people did seven twenties or five forties. Like it's it's progression of sport, man. It's 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 actually incredible where the sport has been taken, but it's only the tip of the iceberg, man. Like it's twenty seventeen. Imagine what twenty twenty is going to be like. Imagine what twenty twenty five is going to be like. Like boat manufacturing is going to be completely different. Boat technology is going to be different. We're, I mean, we're probably going to see head height wakes pretty soon. I mean, that's pretty far-fetched, but... I mean, do you um, think... Because there's two trains of thoughts, and I mean, for you, that's a good thing. For me, I mean, I can hardly handle a knee-high wake, mm, personally. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just your average wakeboarder. Obviously, these wakes have helped push the sport, but, um, like, I, I feel like... And I haven't seen the numbers personally, but I feel like cable is growing so much and people are just go, oh, riding behind the boat. It's just so much harder than cable or whatever. So why would I even or what are what are your thoughts on that? I think um, cable is an incredible way to attract people into the sport. Um, but I I see a future on cable wakeboarding to get into such things as the olympics or the x games where um realistically the system 2.0 changed the cable world for the better i mean uh the munich mash event just passed and uh, i saw gunther take that and um it's just allowing the sport to go to places where it can't necessarily go um and if they have the structure um, unlike the Olympics where they're kind of allowing for a little human error and stuff like that, that's where System sure. 2 is going to go in. And that's where we're going to see big-time events. But um, as of right now, dude, competitive boat wakeboarding is through the roof. 
Sure. There's so many events. The boat manufacturers have so much money. They're trying to outdo each other at every single event. Not even, not even at a contest. At anything. It might be a dealer day. It might be, uh, it might be the new boat they're trying to bring out, or it might be the contest. Like they're constantly trying to one up every single other company. And when you're getting three, four companies trying to do that the sport's going somewhere and it's going somewhere at a rapid rate i think you've got your two different styles of riders you've got your like guys who are in it just on their own they just do their own thing and i think that's what cable's more for and then i don't know if you're if you're like me and it kind of seems like you grew up in a similar fashion to where being on the boat i mean wasn't just about wakeboarding and becoming a pro it's about being out there with your family and spending a weekend out there and stuff yeah and that's that's exactly where I like it's exactly the way I grew up I spent probably 10 years um, at my lake house every weekend um, and there was a little crew we had there I think there was four different families and I, I, of course I was the youngest so I was always looking up to them going oh my god they're so cool or I want to try and get like land that trick or whatever it is but like we'd go out from sun up sunset and we'd go out, we'd take the wakeboard, we'd take the sky ski for dad, we'd take the wake surf, we'd take the discs, we'd go out disking for two hours straight, we wouldn't even get in the boat, like, they'd just be pulling me around the lake all day. Um, and we'd, yeah, it wasn't, like, when I started, I had no idea I was ever going to become a professional of this. And to be completely honest, I kind of hated it when I was younger. Like, I was just like, no, nah, I don't really want to wakeboard, like... I want to sit in the boat and watch everyone. And But you liked being in the boat. Oh, I loved it. And I, I loved wakeboarding as well, but I wasn't that super committed kid. I, I do want to talk a little bit about, like, your family. And I didn't realize, and we maybe talked about this before, but, man, I have so many conversations and, I don't know, maybe a few too many barefoot falls personally. But I didn't realize <laughs> your dad was a pretty serious barefooter in his in his own right. Yeah, dad, dad used to crush it back in the day, like... Uh, I mean, he's got a massive gut now, but I don't know. He like, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he goes out and shows off in front of everyone. Was he? Did, like did I read but, somewhere that he competed pretty well? Had a couple of gold medals or something? And he he competed at the state level, I guess. It was nothing like crazy, but it was also the fact that um, he necessarily didn't get given the opportunity as well. So any any little thing Dad got from water skiing he made it himself or sure. he made it like with his group of friends and stuff so um yeah i guess yeah he just he never got the opportunity to go big time and i don't think it was kind of i don't think he wanted that um he just did it because he was in competition with all these friends and like, how did how does that translate for guys like you and your brother brad who were very competitive or are very competitive riders um was your dad was was he ever like soccer dad type was he ever like super harsh on you guys about getting out there or anything like that or was he pretty laid back on it all no he was uh he was pretty crazy when we were younger um I used to I used to hate dad when I was younger. He was always screaming at me in the boat, and I'd like sometimes I'd even refuse to go out on the boat just because I knew exactly what was going to happen. But um, it was I don't think me and Brad were super competitive until I started to get to the level he was. 
And then being the older brother he is, obviously doesn't like to be beaten. And then that's really when it started getting competitive. Because, like I said, I was always the youngest of the group. I was always trying to catch up. I was always trying to do what everyone else was doing. So I was always a lot worse than everyone else. And I think when it got to that point where I beat Brad in um, the first contest, um, it was just like a state grassroots contest. It was like nothing. But first time I beat Brad, that's really when it like kind of kicked off. And I was like, all right, here we go. It's on now. So, And then we both got the best out of each other from there. Let's talk about some of the video stuff that you've done. Um, I'm just, I picked out two video pieces that I've seen on you that I, I really liked and really stood out to me. And the first one I want to talk about was one that Wakeboarding Mag did with you last year and Mike Dowdy. It was a game of wake. And the video is a six-minute edit which in that form I don't think that's very I, I think normally an edit like that would probably be better fashioned at about 90 seconds to maybe two minutes or whatever yeah but uh, you and Dowdy went out and did a, a head-to-head game of wake like horse basically mm-hmm. and the edit was six minutes and the tricks were next level uh, so progressive I'm assuming you guys were even you I wouldn't be surprised to find out that on that you know what set I'm talking about right I know exactly what you're talking about and it's crazy um, Colin came Colin Harrington came and um, shot and pretty sure he edited the piece as well but I was actually mind blown that it was only six minutes long me and daddy were on the water for over an hour how it, do you it last? was insane it was I, I couldn't dude like I was like that, that, I think I fell on a Moby Dick 7 last trick, and honestly, I was dead. Like, I couldn't hold on to the handle. Like, probably 20, 30 minutes before that, we were like tied up for the longest time. Neither one of you was quitting, right? Right? That was probably that, part of it. That's that's the funny thing about it because we were, we were 30 minutes in, we were tied up, and like, I was doing stuff that I hadn't landed in years, and Daddy was doing stuff he hadn't landed in years, and we were just like, dude where is this going and like we both i think we both said it like three or four times each we were just like yeah do you want to be done with this like we're super wrecked like we don't even know what else we could do like we're just making up at this point but neither one of you wanted to be the first one yeah but we're, we're both competitors like we're both super competitive at like whatever it is we're doing so it's like it was probably one of the funnest sets i've ever had but at the same time it was like God, I want to win this. <laughs> so who won? Daddy won. Yeah, I was I was wrecked, man. I couldn't hold on to the handle. I was done. I looked at the date it released. I watched it a couple days ago. That wasn't even a year ago. That was 10 months ago that you guys released that. Yeah, dude. And we're both so much, like, I wouldn't say so much better, but we're both better wakeboarders now. Right. So it's like, I couldn't even imagine what would get done. You've had a you've had a year to uh you've had We've a had year, a year to year ferment. To <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, I want to stop right there so I can talk about Performance Ski and Surf. Since 1989, Bill Porter and the crew at Performance Ski and Surf have been the first stop in Orlando for wakeboarders and water skiers looking to gear up while shredding the legendary waters of Central Florida. Performance Ski and Surf has all of the top brands like Ronix, Slingshot, O'Brien and more, plus the staff is knowledgeable because they're toad water sports enthusiasts themselves. You can see it all online at perfski.com or just stop by next time you're in Central Florida, Orlando. 
Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes away from the Orlando International Airport and only about a mile from the Orlando Water Sports Complex and Freedom Wake Park. So stop by, tell them I sent you, ask about the Dano deal of the day, and who knows, maybe you'll run into one of your favorite pros who frequent perf ski all the time. Perfski.com is the website once again, so check it out. But now let's get back to Corey Tunison and me, Dana Lamano, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Another video I want to talk about, which I thought was really, really neat, was this video, High Tide, which I think was kind of like a team edit um, for Supra that you guys did. Uh-huh. Yeah, we went down to uh, Naples in Florida. Um, I think it was like a month ago, maybe. What I really liked about that was the Reed Hansen portion. Like, the fact that <laughs> you got three riders uh, and a wake skater. And and let's just talk about the whole thing because I think this is really special because it, it's the first opportunity, I think, that um, that you got to ride with your new teammates, um, Nick Rappa and Shota Tezuka. And so I, I was hoping that maybe you could talk a little bit about what it's like being on the team and like how much interaction you have with Reed and the same thing for Rappa and the same thing with Shota and like your relationships. Okay, so I think I think I'm gonna start this part off um, as Supra. I've been with Supra for about seven years now, I think. Um, and personally, for me, I think Supra has become one of the brands in the industry that can kind of pick and choose who they want to do and what they want to do. They're in a position where the world's at their feet, uh, the world's at Oyster, and whatever they want to do, they can... And, and are you saying that just because... The, are you saying that because the product has, has elevated? Of course. Yeah, the product is absolutely insane. Um, and, yeah, it's... There, there are a lot, a lot of smart people behind uh, the company working for them, and they're really, really kicking some goals. So... Uh, coming out of 2016, um, they had a couple ideas in mind. They ran it all by me, um, and I was all for it. And they wanted to increase the team. They want to build the team. And um, I pretty much threw them a couple names, and those names are on the team. <laughs> so it's uh, it's pretty crazy. But I've I've known those boys for for years now. And, um, I've known Nick for a while. What's Nick like? Because he's a pretty intense dude. I mean, I, I've traveled with Nick, and he's a really, really nice guy um, outside of contests. Inside of contests, he's usually pretty cool, but, I mean, you can tell he's got that very driven, uh, very serious, competitive um, drive. Yeah, that is exactly right. Nick, Nick's one of my good buddies, man. I, I love the kid. Um but yeah, he is a super competitive person, um, and that's that's not just with competition; it's with everything. Um, I love that people are super competitive because you get the best out of them, and you get the best possible person that that person can be, and that's what I love seeing. I love see I love seeing people be the best that they possibly can. So um, I respect it, um, and Nick is. A absolute ripper. He knows how to ride a wakeboard. Um, <laughs> he's probably one of the funniest kids I know too. So he's like, he's he's so much fun just to go and hang out with and stuff like that. And I always travel with him to the PWTs because we do the media days and stuff like that the day before. So, but yeah, dude, he's that kid just wakeboards every single day, 
twice a day, three times a day, four times a day, whether it's back home in Australia or here in Orlando. So um, even though he's been riding for like six, let's let's go with six years. Even though he's been riding for six years, he's probably built up like eight or ten years of the water's worth of riding. So yeah. <laughs> um, that yeah, the kid rides a lot, and it obviously pays. Sure, he's riding so well. Okay, so then you got Shota. Where does he fit onto the team? When Supra um, pitched his name, um, I I thought it was pretty interesting. It's boat companies are kind of hard, man. It's such an image with boat companies, and when you're with a boat company, you have that image that you're with that company. And even though, um, even though you might change companies people might not know two three years afterwards right so um as of right now Shota's just kind of in his he's trying to change his image he's trying to change the super image he's trying to change to being competitive on the pwt um he yeah and i actually thought it was really smart because yes he is the most successful japanese wakeboarder in the history of the sport um and i I never knew this before, but I now know that there is a huge market in Japan for wakeboarding. We've seen um, the world's most competitive events go down there. Um, we've seen other wakeboarders come from Japan. They might not be competing on tour today, but um, they are still really, really good. So uh, I thought it was super smart just to get some boat sales in that part of the world because Shota being such a big influence in that country... It'll make a huge difference for boat sales. I know. I know. There's like a language barrier. Not really crazy because Shota's got pretty decent English, pretty good <laughs> English. But uh, anything, any like funny stories traveling with Shota or anything like that, like miscommunications that you ever you think of. Dude, Shota will go home for like a, like Shota will be in America for like three, four months. His English will be spot on. He'll go home for like a week and he'll come back and he just cannot speak English. I don't know what happens when he goes home and he just completely forgets it. Um, but nah, dude, I, I love Shota. I, um, the first year I came to America, um, the second year I came to America, actually, the first year I stayed with Kobe and Tara and Mikasich for like a month and a half um, at their place back when they were on Jessamine here. Um, but the second year I stayed at Harley's place um, with Brad. Um, we were in the bunk bedroom together, um, and Shota was staying um, at Harley's. So I've 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 lived with Shota. I've hung out with Shota every day. I've known him for years now, and I love the kid. He's so fun to be around. All right, and uh, let, we'll finish off uh, talking about your teammates with Reed Hansen. Reed is a is arguably the best wake skater of all time, most winningest wake skater of all time. I don't think there's anybody that can touch him on on contest wins, um, but his tricks are so progressive. He rides the big wake. Um, he does things on a wake skate that inspires me. Um, I watched him go out one day and do a switch toe 540 on a wake <laughs> skate, and he yeah. landed it first try, and it made me want to try a switch toe 540 on my trick ski, which... To any trick skier, that's the stupidest thing ever. There's, there's, <laughs> that's not even a such thing. But to me, it's like I tried it. I can't even. I can't even cut switch toast. Well, <laughs> it's yeah. It's just crazy where, and that's what I love about um, one sport and how another sport influences other people. Um, 
you say for trick skiing like it's not even really a thing but yet you still want to go out and just like give it a go but yeah whatever happens happens like who really cares so it's like I think it's kind of cool because I get a lot of influence from um, surfing and from snowboarding so it's like I, I love hearing like other people's stories like that yeah okay a few more things here yeah I kind of cut into you there but <laughs> no, no, no 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 that's we, we're all good let's you just mentioned surfing and I had you on a live episode and we scratched the surface of it a little bit but I feel like the listeners they need more they want more Mick Fanning your relationship with Mick Fanning and I also want you to, to kind of retell the story about Mick Fanning and the actor John C. Riley coming over to your house because I just okay. find it I find it so cool, man. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think I met I met Mick um, a year and a half ago. I think at um, my first Red Bull Athlete Summit um, and Red Bull's Australia team is actually pretty big. We have like thirty athletes on board now. And from t- tell everybody who Mick Fanning is in case anybody listening is he familiar. is one of the best surfers in the world right now and probably will be for the next five years slash in the past also and yeah he's three times world champion and if anyone even knows the surfing industry um you can go and watch the best surfers in the world and they won't even come close to winning a world title Okay, so and, and another way to explain who Mick Fanning is is have you ever opened a beer with your sandal? <laughs> right? Yeah, he, he came up with that idea and probably made millions off it. But, no, nah, Mick's, um, Mick's a super cool dude, man. Like, I met him for the first time at the Athlete Summit and actually spoke to him, like, a couple times. Like, we were, we were just so busy. There were so many people and we were just running left and right. Um, but how I kind of really got to know him was through my personal trainer that I work with um obviously Red Bull hooked me up with this guy um knew that he was the best of the best um so I was like yep sure sign me up I'll I'll get my ass kicked by this guy but um yeah and then all of a sudden um I am working out right before him I'm working out right after him we're walking by in the gym he's watching me train I'm watching him train um next step we're training together in the gym um and yeah we just got to know each other pretty well and um I kept kept telling him to come on the boat he kept telling me to go surf and um next thing we know um he's coming out on the boat he's like bringing a bunch of friends or whatever um he's going out there he's doing alley-oop threes and he is absolutely ripping it i've i love watching actual surfers come behind a boat and wake surf it is completely different their style is different and is yeah it's it's a sight to see it's so cool because they're used to having so much power and as soon as you get them like right there they're able to use that power and it's yeah it's nothing like i've ever seen i don't i don't know if people listening really understand how special it is for the fact that you get to spend time with mick fanning i mean he's so legendary i think yeah he's probably one of the most famous australian sports athletes to come out of australia right yeah he's huge absolutely huge he's if you don't know who Mick Fanning is, and you're probably like not in Australia, like, <laughs> or like you're not living where anywhere close to where it's beaches or something. So. Well, surfing, surfing in Australia is seeing pro surfers on TV in Australia is like us seeing NBA players. Exactly in the right. States, right. Exactly right. It's yeah, surfing in Australia is huge. 
It's just that important. Okay, so so you were you were basically at the point of your story where you get a phone call from Mick Fanning. Yeah, so I I'd organized Mick to come out on the boat for like a couple of weeks now. Dude, we're like we're both so busy with our schedules and stuff like that. We've been trying to get it get him out for a while, but uh, we were both in town. Um, he agreed to come out, and he'd like pretty. Much, I just told him bring as many people as you want. Like I don't really care. Just come out, we'll have a blast. And he goes, yeah, sweet. And then he called me like um, the morning of the afternoon that he was gonna come, and he goes, hey, I got one of my buddies um, in town. He's from overseas. Um, I was just wondering if John could come out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like. I don't know who he is, sure, like, whatever. Did he say his full name, or is he No, he was like, just like, yeah, like, John wants to come out with his family, and I'm and like... And even if he did, he probably wouldn't... You probably wouldn't have put it together at first, right? No way. No way. And um, I was just like, dude, are you kidding me? Of course, whatever, like, I don't care. It's You're McFanning. More, more, <laughs> more people, the better. I was like, not that. It was just like, I just love having people on the boat, and, like, there's nothing better than just going out on the boat with, like, a big crew. Don't get... But come on, man. If Mick Fanning was literally like, hey, dude, I'm going to bring 10 people out. I need you to give them all lessons. It's probably yeah. going to take two days. You're probably going to be Still like... Still would have done it. Yeah, of course. You'd probably be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, um, yeah, so he called me up. And he was like, yeah, my buddy John wants to come. And he wants to bring his family or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't mind. Whatever. So he rocks up. And um, I see this long-haired bearded guy hop out of a car and I'm like alright he looked nothing like he looks on TV so you don't even recognize him at this point it probably took me like a solid 10 minutes of like I was talking to him or whatever and he was just like yeah my name's John and he spoke and I was like heard that voice <laughs> and then I like put everything together I was like no way man um, and yeah he was he was kind of, he was actually kind of funny he's, he's nothing like he is in movies Super laid back guy. Um, he had his whole family with him, so he was like the super protective dad. Like his kid, his son, Arlo loves surfing. Like he goes on surf trips with Mick and um, all those boys. So loves surfing, um, and obviously got out the back, started wake surfing or whatever. And John's like sitting in the back of the boat, going, "Don't hurt yourself." Like I don't want to like deal with it or whatever and he was like a super super protective dad and it was like it was cool to see that someone that has so much fame and so much following and you can kind of you idolize these people and you kind of just assume you know everything about their lives without even meeting them and then they can just be a completely different person and I feel like that's just the way media and TV kind of pursue people sure yeah so it was like it was super eye-opening just to be able to see that even though he has had so much time in front of cameras and on screens and stuff like that. So much success and fame and yeah, that in a diverse um, uh, film career and in so many different roles. Right. Um, and yeah, it was just it was so cool just to see that. Did he do any comedy in the boat at all? Uh, he's he's a, he's a funny dude, man. Like any it, like it's just the way he says things is so funny. That's what I loved about him. But. Um, there was definitely no stepbrothers jokes brought up. Um, none you have of, to hold back a little bit. I did. I wanted to bring it up so bad. I was like, I'm not going to be that one guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just he was a super cool dude. We got him out of the we got him out the back of the boat. Um, we got him bodyboarding on the wake surfer, and uh, yeah, he had an absolute blast.
man that is that's cool have you have you been able to link up with any other like like famous or people or stars or anything just through like your travels and through like obviously your good fortune and hard work yeah no, i mean i'm i'm blessed to be out of working with a company with red bull uh, and they have some pretty incredible connections with their team in Australia or whether it's um, international. So I've, uh, I've got to meet some pretty cool people. I've met some pretty famous um, NRL players. Um, actually, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, Jared Hain. I have not heard of him. Um, NRL player in Australia, moved to America. Tell me what NRL is. NRL is just like one of the many versions of footy that we play back home. And tell me what <laughs> footy is. Football. Um, but tell everybody what Australian football is. Australian <laughs> football is pretty much a group of dudes on a field and just running at each other as hard as you can for 80 minutes basically, straight. It's, <laughs> basically, it's not soccer. It's not... NFL. It's not soccer. It's not NFL. It's um. It's not rugby, is it? No, we played rugby in Australia. I actually grew up playing rugby um, in high school, and I miss it. And one of like I got one of my buddies in town staying with me. He got in yesterday, um, and he plays rugby like all the time back home, and he's like really good. Um, and I went and watched him play, and I was like super excited. I was like, dude, I kind of want to get back into it in the off season, like just play a couple games or whatever. And I watched him play, and as soon as I watched that game, I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I don't play footy anymore. <laughs> you you second-guessed yourself. On yeah, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. There are some massive dudes running at 100 mile an hour at you. Well, you say, you say you've got maybe another 10 or 15 years of pro riding in you, so maybe there's something. I mean, you're still a young guy, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mid-30s, you can break into rugby. Mid-30s, I feel like if I got hit once, I'd just blow apart. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I've I've been pretty lucky. I've met some um, pretty pretty famous people through uh, through the Red Bull connections and through all their events that they get to do. And um, I've met some insanely famous athletes, and I've met some relatively famous athletes. So very impressive stuff, dude. Let's close out on this note right here. For years, um, the letters CTP have been on an O'Brien wakeboard that you have been riding, and well. In fact, last year I did a whole uh, podcast episode where I interviewed all the young up-and-coming O'Brien riders, and out of, I think, the six or seven guys I interviewed, I think five or six of them were riding the CTP, which is your signature pro model board. That's correct, yeah, and it's it's so cool to see that, man. Like, I was like... I've, I was always growing up riding and idolizing other people and other people's boards and stuff like that. And when I first got the call, um, I think I was like 15 from O'Brien. They're like, yeah, I want to give you a board. 15-year-old kid, I was like, hell yeah. Like, this, like, dream's made right now. And I know, uh, I know there was a lot of positive outcomes for it, but there were a few negatives as well like i guess when it first got released i was 16 years old and a company giving a 16 year old that hasn't even gone pro yet i it got released after i finished junior pro um and no one knew who i was man like realistically and did you get some like kind of lashback from some of your peers it wasn't that but it was just the fact that um, 
there were, like a company was just giving a board to such a young rider and that hadn't necessarily done a lot in the industry yet to deserve it because I feel like getting a pro model board it's a big thing it's it's yours you're putting your thoughts your ideas your dream board out into the market for other people to buy now the, now the CTP was a tweaked out version of of a previously released model board that was already in the line correct correct yeah and the reason why I did that was because I was so young and I wasn't known so I didn't want O'Brien to go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on prototyping and building molds and this this and that when I wasn't sure it was going to sell. Sure. Like, I, I had no idea. I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I kind of wanted to do it the cheapest way possible. Um, one, for O'Brien, so they wouldn't be super disappointed if it didn't sell or, or whatnot. But also because I rode that board for, like, five years previous before that. So, like, I loved the board, and I just wanted to change a few things on it. Sure. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I told them, and finishing product and it's this board sold out every year since it's been released well and that and that's what i was gonna say fast forward fast forward just a few years later um so many young up-and-coming kids are riding that board so many australians are riding that board um i don't see the numbers but obviously just on sheer views of people riding a ctp uh you've done pretty well now um you won the Masters this summer, um, and earlier in the weekend during the Masters, I had an opportunity to interview Pete Surrett. And for people who don't know who Pete Surrett is, he's like one of the absolute main guys. Absolute legend. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, absolute legend, of course. A guy who's been in the industry for so long, but um, you know, he's top guy over there at at O'Brien, decision maker. Correct. And yep. um, Pete uh, unveiled some news to me over the microphone at the Masters that you were going to be getting a all-new signature pro model 100% designed by you, or that you had so much as far as uh, putting thought and uh, design into this board. So um, I know we're still a few months away from it probably being released. I'm not sure exactly when it will be released or not. I did see one in your garage. Yeah, I got one here. <laughs> and I know that I asked if anybody else has seen it, and you said that you're not riding it in contests yet, right? I'm not riding it in contests right now. Um, I think mainly just, I think it's just because I don't want to have to get used to a new board halfway through the year. Um, I've been riding this board for three, four years now. Absolutely love it. And that's kind of what the off season's for, to make little adjustments to what you need. So. Uh, as of right now, I'm still still rocking the classic CTP, but um, this new thing, man. Um, O'Brien approached me a year after my CTP got released, and they're like, yep, we already know we're going to give you a new board. So you've been what, working what? on this new board for a while? Two years, two and a half years. Okay, so let's get nerdy. Tell us all about this board. All right. Um... Yeah, dude, this thing is a CTP on steroids. So, um, completely different shape. You would not recognize this board. Um, if you saw it on the ground, um, if my name wasn't on it, you'd be like, what the hell is that thing? Um, pretty interesting looking board. Absolutely stoked on it. There's like, there's a few things that I don't necessarily like about the CTP just because it was so rushed and because we had 
Um, we can only make little adjustments to the mold. Um, but this thing, we've thrown the CTP in the bin and we've started from scratch and we've pretty much started from a blank piece of foam and started cutting and shaping from there. And I absolutely love this thing. I remember uh, when I got the final prototype. It was the week before I left um, Australia to come here to Orlando, like the week after Moomba Masters. Had the board for like three weeks, but I didn't want to ride it before Moomba. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm going to wait and just really set myself right up for Moomba. But um, well, behind, first the scenes, set, you, behind the scenes, you really can't be riding the stuff because it can't be showing in photos yet. Exactly. So um, first set on this thing and I was doing stuff that I haven't landed in years. Really? Yeah. And I was extremely close to something that has only been done a couple times. And when I say a couple times, I mean twice in the history of the sport. Slash extremely close, not telling us because you're keeping it in the bank for trick of the year or what? <laughs> I know it's probably not going to win trick of the year because it's won it twice already. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but... If I were to land this trick, like I'm filming a um, video piece with my roommate Louis Watt this year, and um, I've already got some pretty heavy bangers. And if I were to pull it off, like I'd just want to showcase it in the video. I wouldn't, I wouldn't push it out on social media. I wouldn't. It's it's such a big thing that I was like wouldn't release straight away. I'd want I wouldn't release it right, and I want to release it the way something like that should be. So who's your? Who, what's the name of your board? Have you guys come up with a name for it? We have. Um, it, yeah, it's going to be pretty exclusive. Okay, so, yeah. so you're keeping that right now until the release. So when yeah. can we expect it? Because I know usually Australia releases earlier than the States. I'm pretty sure we're going to do a mid-year release in Australia. So for anyone listening in Australia, keep your eyes and ears open. It should be hitting stores hopefully pretty soon. Um, but Mid-August, maybe? Hopefully, yeah, norm normally around that time. Um, but Surf once Surf Expo rolls around, uh, she'll she'll be everywhere. Very cool. Well, definitely looking definitely looking forward to that. And man, I think we covered a lot of really good stuff. And yeah, I had a full book of notes, and I didn't even use half of yeah. them. Yeah, so. no, dude, it's it's good to be back on. I miss these things. I've listened to them all the time. And yeah. well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, do you want to give everybody maybe your social media real quick? Let them yeah, know so if anyone wants to keep up with whatever I do with my time, um, it's pretty much at Corey Tunison, C-O-R-Y-T-E-U-N-I-S-S-E-N, on pretty much everything, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Who hooks you up, all your sponsors? Who do you want to give some love to out there? Yeah, I want to, yeah. Shout out to all the guys that support me. O'Brien, Red Bull, Supra, Jet Pilot, Roswell, Marine, uh, Sunbum, Holden, and Kind Snacks. So everyone's absolutely awesome. Um, and I couldn't be more thankful. I wouldn't be here otherwise. So. Yeah, Corey, dude. Appreciate it big time and thanks a ton. Thanks for coming over, man. It's uh it's good to have you over. We need to get you out on the on the trick ski and load load this super up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, man. We'll make it happen one of these days. I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back with more on the Golden Lake Podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Woo! 
Z4 belts are the newest wakeboarding accessory to hit the market. Made of premium TPE thermoplastic, Z4 belts are waterproof and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Available in multiple colors and designs, C4 allows you to mix and match straps and buckles to create your own unique color combinations. C4 stands for choose your color, choose your cause. Look good, do good. C4 belts. Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at woodrose.com for 30% Set off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano. Presented by C-Deck Marine Products. All right. Well, a big shout out. A huge thank you to my guest right there, Corey Tunison. Always great to chat with Corey. Love hearing about him and his family. After we recorded this podcast episode, we hit the road. We had the first stop of the Malibu Evolution Pro Series. Corey made finals. He didn't have the best run of his life, but he had a pretty awesome run and a run that uh, three years ago would have won the world championships. He landed a 1080 in his past. He ended up taking fourth place. Corey was stoked. Just another contest for him. Obviously, he would like to win, but it still keeps him in contention for the overall on the Wakeboard World Series this season. All right, guys, well, I'm going to tell you a few of the upcoming events I have. This weekend, I'm heading to Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, for the final stop of the 2017 Malibu Rider Experience. The following weekend, July 27th through the 30th, we're going to be in Waco, Texas, for the Nautique WWA Wake Park National Championships. Then we start off August in Ackworth, Georgia, August 3rd through the 6th for the Nautique WWA Wakeboard Boat National Championships. Following weekend, August 11th through the 13th, I'm in Monroe, Louisiana for the Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational. The next weekend, August 19th, I'm back at Callaway Gardens. Rock the Wake is coming your way for the first time ever. That's going to be a sick event, plus it's going to be live webcasted. And then I finish off the month of August up in Toronto for the WWA Wakeboard World Championships. Now, if anybody listening is interested in having me announce, commentate. Do voiceover work or appear at your next event. Maybe you want to advertise on the Golden Mike podcast or just ask me any question in general. Please email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes or any Android podcast application. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. The Golden Mike Podcast archives are also available on SoundCloud. Be sure to check that out. Follow me on Twitter at TheDanoTMano and at the Golden underscore Mike. On Instagram at DanoTMano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. Don't forget, guys, buy my hats. Shoot me a message through email or through the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. And every single purchase, 100% of that helps me and the Golden Mike Podcast continue to deliver awesome audio content as I have for 75 episodes now. 
Thanks again to my guest, Corey Tunison. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, CWB Board Company, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Lomano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.